0: welcome to the purvey podcast brought to you by purvey cpg a community and resource for purveyors of emerging food snack and beverage products check us out online at purveycpg.com. hello and welcome to the purvey podcast my name is chase slepik and i'm your host with us today we have nick agarker back again uh nick how you doing
1: yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks, uh, you know, uh, with uh, the pandemic still raging. Unfortunately, things are are slow but good. Slow but good. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. So, uh,
0: for our listeners who have been following along, um, Nick is a a regular guest on the Purvey Podcast. Uh, we started a special series around Nick. Nick is kind enough to allow us to follow him. Uh, kind of in his journey from concept to to you know finished product on the shelf of a retailer, um, so we've called that the the courtroom to co-packer series because uh, as many of you know, Nick is a uh, a career attorney who is looking to uh, to hit it big in consumer package goods. So um, in previous episodes, we've worked with Nick to kind of flush out his idea. Um, you know, over the last four or five episodes, I think we've landed on um, the idea of an Indian-inspired ready-to-drink tea. Um, last we talked, Nick, you know, we had finalized kind of your brand overview deck that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm obviously so passionate about, uh, I think you worked pretty, pretty well with 5011, um, to, uh, get kind of clear on brand ethos, brand, um, aesthetic, and you guys built a, a brand overview deck, something that you wanted to be able to take with you to co-packers, flavor houses, uh, potential vendors, potential investors to really start pitching your idea, um, to, to get you to the next step, so tell us a little bit about how that's gone so far. Uh,
1: yeah, so you know in 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 searching for a uh, a flavor house, which was sort of the next step, uh, I was lucky enough to stumble upon the fact that my wife's uh, good friend is very good friends with a uh, the the CFO of a of a major flavor house, massive. Uh, awesome. And so, yeah, I was uh, I was able to basically network my way in uh, to this flavor house, and you know, pitch them my idea, and they loved the concept. Uh, and you know, the the CFO obviously was like, okay, well, so what's the plan here? You know, how obviously how are they going to make money, right? And so, I you know, I, I was you know talking. I told them what our plan was, right, which is. You know, I, I'm gonna raise probably about 150 to 200 thousand dollars to really kind of get the first run going, and then you know see what sell through is like and go from there. And he point blank told me, "You you need at least ten times that kind of money. Like there's there's no way that you're gonna get it done for for that much. You'll in fact you'll probably go bankrupt." I was I, I mean obviously I was floored at that point. My heart's in my throat, and because you know I've I put in uh, so much. Uh, so much effort and time already um, and you know he was kind enough to, to make samples for me and uh, they actually came the other day and they're they're delicious and so that's why the, the next part is a little bit heartbreaking because you know in thinking about this you know and approaching people or investors for let's say two million dollars, what kind of A, what kind of valuation am I going to have to give the company in order to remain in the in the company, right? And I would have to give away all the equity to get that kind of money. Sure. Um, beyond the cap table, it's also a matter of who is going to give $2 million to a litigator with an idea for a beverage, right? I I don't have I don't have the reps, right? I don't have the track record uh to kind of go out and raise that kind of capital. So it became pretty apparent that I'd have to figure out a pivot, right? And so I kind of spent a lot of time brainstorming and ideating about kind of what stuff I like about, you know, this Indian inspired brand. What am I trying to do? And really it's it's sort of evolving into what I'm trying to do is bring the flavors that I grew up with to the American consumer because it's missing right you don't see a lot of uh, um, sort of foreign or exotic flavors or specifically you know um, flavors from any specific country on the shelves in our our grocers so that kind of made me think about snacks and you know, I, I ate a lot of snacks as a kid and a lot of them were Indian and a lot of them real good. Uh, and you know, just thinking about that and thinking about how the positioning and the packaging and the marketing, I think, um, that the snacks that I'm thinking about can really resonate with the American consumer and would sell through if we really package and positioning, position it right. I, I mean, I, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, no, um, this is, uh, interesting. I mean, I think early on you were pretty clear that your idea wasn't necessarily to be, you know, the Indian inspired tea guy, but to really kind of build a a brand around Indian inspired, um, food and beverage products. Right. I think, I think we were pretty clear on that pretty early on. Um, so this isn't totally leaving, uh, your, your ultimate vision this is kind of pretty in line with what you wanted to do just sounds like you're you're kind of uh maybe reconfiguring um and prioritizing snacks so i, I think snacks is an interesting one um i think that the snack business um for for a startup and a first timer i think is uh I think it's easier to get started, right? You can start to practice and and, and tweak recipes and try different things at home, where uh, formulating beverage can be a little bit more complex. Um, hmm. I think it's a, it's an interesting pivot, and it's one that I think is probably a little bit more aligned with your overall vision than you're than you're giving yourself credit for. So, yeah,
1: yeah I guess it's it's like it. just just that uh, that I tasted those teas and I was like, ah, oh, these are so good. I can't make them. Ugh. So,
0: so, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, your theory in moving to to snack is it's a little easier to get started um that'll give you a base and a little bit of um of credibility as you build a snack brand. Um, and uh, you th- you think that velocity uh, I'm sorry, you think that the brand's opportunity and likelihood to succeed is a little bit greater than a beverage?
1: yeah, I, I, I think the primary thing is that the barrier to entry is less, right? Like I can't really, I can't really, uh, you know, make, you know, 2000 gallons of tea in my house. Right. Um, I, I have to go somewhere and pay someone to do that. Whereas I could go to a, a shared kitchen space, a, a commercial kitchen uh, and go ahead and make a whole ton myself um in a, in a commercial space because they they have the equipment and if i can provide the ingredients then i i know how to make this stuff yep. um so i think that it's just a matter of barrier to entry really it, it, it's just a lower barrier of entry uh and then yes i mean i can i can then build a brand right i can build a brand that that's has a track record and then move move up to brev- beverages right so yeah
0: yeah uh- I think it's a great idea, Nick. Um, I I would agree. The barrier to entry in in snack um, is a lot different than you know commercial, uh, especially when we started talking about cans, right? Like th- there's yeah. huge minimum runs there. You're working with a co-packer. To your point, you know, shared kitchens um, are <clears throat> such an asset to uh, food and beverage entrepreneurs that are looking. You know, I think there's a there's a misconception there that it's like caterers and and folks that are doing like um, like meals and things like that. I've seen a lot of great packaged food and beverage products come out of shared kitchens. Uh, there's one here in Cleveland, Cleveland kraut is, I mean, the brands on fire. They started here at the Cleveland shared kitchen. There's a lot of great success stories um, of brands that kind of started in these shared kitchens, you know, uh, maybe did, you know, one, two, three, you know, 10 production runs really started getting some, some proof of concept um, and then moved on to a larger scale um contract manufacturer contract uh co-packer so I, I agree i think i think it's a great plan um i think that uh one you're definitely going to find out if this is the business you really want to be in mm-hmm. i think that uh if it all works out like i think it will it does it aligns with what your initial vision was and that was to build this this platform of indian inspired um but you know, approachable, uh, snack and beverage company so it's 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 not crazy by any means i also think you're correct in the idea that you know with the high cost of creating a beverage product especially something you know we've been talking a lot about cans um the 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 high costs that are associated with creating and commercializing a ready-to-drink beverage product uh you know it seems pretty pretty clear that you intend to raise some money um boy it's a lot easier to raise money when you have revenue. Yeah, right? so <laughs> so if you can build a a mildly successful snack business, um you're going to one, right? Validate your concept, two, uh validate the fact that this is actually what you want to be doing with your life. Um and three, start to uh to make some money and and be able to show investors that you know you're the guy. Um and and that you can do this and to start to prove yourself a little bit uh as you start to go raise some capital. So I, I love it. Um, you know, my majority of my experience is in, is in beverage. I I've had some, some great snack and protein experience over the last, you know, uh, two years. Um, I've been involved in some snack distribution before, uh, the family business, but yeah, I would say about 75% of my, uh, business has always been done in beverage. Um, but I love the snack business. Uh, I, I think you're right in the sense that, uh, yeah, man. I, I love everything you're saying here. It makes plenty of sense. I, I support the move hundred percent, but I, I really am very interested to try some of these, uh, these, uh, bench samples that came in from the flavor house. though. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you gotta do that. And then I got to mail you some, uh, some of my, uh, some of my snacks and, uh, you can, uh, you can check those out too. I love it. That's awesome, man. Um, so
0: what's next? What, what are you going to be working on next? You, you, we need to get you into a shared kitchen, right? You want to start to <laughs> I think you've been playing around over the last weekend. Uh, I, I saw a text message or two. Uh, you were playing around in the kitchen last weekend, kind of toying with some some snack ideas. So, what, yeah, I, I, I didn't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know what, what to do with them. Right. I mean, I I kind of handed them out to some friends. But then, you know, what's, uh, what's the next step? Right. I mean, is it to just randomly show up with a Ziploc bag at a grocery store? I don't think that'll work. So I think I need, I need a little bit more uh, sort of polish uh, and the ability to say that these things are, you know, uh, not made in my own home. Uh, they're made in a commercial kitchen with commercial grade equipment and yep. safety measures. Uh, and then obviously, I need to put together some packaging, get some UPC codes. So I need to I need to come correct, right? So I think that the Uh, The pivot is not starting from square zero, but it's certainly, I think, starting from square one, uh, where now I need to get into a commercial kitchen, go ahead and start making them, get my packaging together, get my UPC codes all all squared away and all the nutrition facts all all done uh, so that I can start then going to grocers with a polished product and say, hey, here, uh, you should try some of these. They're delicious, and I think your customers are going to love them.
0: Yeah, if it were as easy as showing up with a Ziploc bag of product, I would be, <laughs> I would be broke, useless, and, un, and unemployed. So thank God it's not that easy. Yeah. Um, thank God. Uh no, you I mean you nailed it, man. So I would say, you know, continue to refine exactly what it is that you want to commercialize, right? Keep playing around in the kitchen at home. Yeah. Um, get some samples out to friends and family. Uh, you know on our, on my last episode of the purvey podcast, I interviewed uh, Alicia from the drunken jerky uh, company and um, they have a, a, a panel of friends that are, you know, the tasting committee um, keep doing that. Keep, keep working on, on what it really is that you want to commercialize uh, with friends and family and, and creating samples. That's a beautiful thing about a snack. Um, you know, you can do it with beverage. We've got a, uh, a member of the, of the purvey group that, that has been, you know, making beverage uh in his home and 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 working through different recipes and formulas for quite a while um but it is hard making beverage at home can be very difficult making snacks can be can be pretty easy so use that to your advantage um keep working on on really dialing in what it is that you want to proceed with once you get there i think you're right i mean you're um geographically you're in a great place right you're in north jersey it's it's not like you're you're calling from you know Middle of nowhere, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be plenty of shared kitchens around you. I think we are dealing with some unique circumstances in the sense that uh, you know, obviously things like that have been really heavily hit um and impacted by by the COVID uh pandemic. Sure. So um, I'd be curious to see which ones are open and still taking new members, etc. But again, shared kitchens are just such a great resource for for entrepreneurs in the, in the package food and beverage space. And I said it again, I think there's this misconception that shared kitchens are really for, for caterers and, you know um, folks that are preparing meals and things like that. But uh, I've seen some great package brands um, come out, of, come out of shared kitchens. Hell, the one brand that really led me to start the purvey uh, the purvey group and start doing the purvey podcast um, the kombucha, you know, I talked about kombucha guy uh in, in episode zero Uh, that I found here at a farmer's market in Cleveland uh, was being packaged and still is being packaged in a, uh, in a commercial kitchen, commercial shared kitchen. So um, definitely start looking at, at uh, commercial shared kitchens. I think, you know, from a brand perspective, I think you still want to build on the idea of true nature. Is that, is that accurate?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, okay. that's uh, that's the brand. The brand is True that's... Nature. Uh, I still like True Nature Tea Company because it's still a riff on the Dutch East Indian Company. Um, so, no, I mean, the, the brand is the brand. I think that the, the, the product is just shifting uh, to snacks first, and then eventually we'll get back to teas. Cool. So, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, it's not
0: like you're starting from, from you know, square zero um, because you do have some brand. Uh, some brand aesthetics already designed. I think you're pretty clear on what the brand is going to look like. Um, so I think you're in a really good spot there. I would potentially, you know, reconnect with 5011 and say, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on on product packaging? Um, you know, I think you're going to have to do some research on, and I know this is going to be hard for you, but you're going to have to buy a lot of snacks and figure out like what kind of packaging you think makes sense for you, right? Is this going to be a resealable? Is this going to be an envelope? Is this going to be, you know,
1: um, believe me buying snacks is not an issue
0: <laughs> you know is this going to be a, a a pill pack who knows right so right. i'm starting to get an idea of how you kind of foresee the the packaging and the item looking um and then you know maybe circle back with 5011 and see if they have some insight there as well as far as you you really did nail it with you know um big part of the commercialization process early on that i feel like is so overlooked is like uh GDSN compliant, um, UPC codes and like having nutritional facts and like all the boring, like product logistics stuff, uh, is so important early on. If you really do want to commercialize, um, those are going to be like, you're going to get your first new item form uh, and you're gonna be like, Oh, UPC codes. I really should have thought of that. (laughs) Um, so, you know, those are things I can certainly help you with, uh, as, as you get going here, but I think your next step, really kind of, uh, drill into exactly what it is that you want to commercialize, like work on that recipe, taste it, get clear on what it's going to be. Um, and then from there, let's start connecting with, uh, with, uh, shared commercial kitchens.
1: I think that's the play.
0: I like it, man. I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, and again, Being something that you can say, hey, you know, I made this. I made this locally. I was part of the process. I I dreamed this up in, you know, in the shared kitchen in, you know, Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. um, I think uh, is a cool story. Um, But I think it also creates a lot of um, appeal to local and regional retailers that will give you a shot pretty much just because you're locally produced. Right. Um, Which, you know, it's, it's chicken and the egg uh right we talk about the chicken and the egg do we get retailer distributor how does this go when do we start knocking these things down um if you can get you know a a small to mid-sized local regional chain to buy it just because it's local and you can actually start to show some sales velocity that's that's step one we can work with that right like i can i can get you from there into into real like impactful regional
1: distribution Hmm. pretty quick okay All right. Well, yeah, I think step one is I got to get back in the kitchen and sort of play around with some different flavors and, you know, maybe make uh, make three recipes, get those solid and then get out to a commercial kitchen.
0: Yeah. Are you thinking like one skew? Are you thinking three skews again? What are your thoughts?
1: No, I'm thinking three skews, right? Because it's going to be different flavor profiles. And, you know, what I what I don't want, right, is uh, to, you know, get a meeting with a buyer. Have one product, them not like that product, and then what, right? So, yep. I mean, if I have an if I have options, right? Oh, I don't really like that one, but this one's delicious. Then perfect. Then let's let's, let's test this one out. Um, yeah, well, I love it, man. I love it. Cool.
0: So, next step for you, you're gonna get back in the kitchen. You're gonna finalize, you know, what you think are are three perfect recipes. Mm-hmm. uh step two you're gonna go to fedex you're gonna send some of those out here to cleveland <laughs> ohio for me um, for sure one, once you get those dialed in we can start looking at uh at commercial kitchens and, and get you set up yeah yeah i'm excited start working towards commercialization that's the goal awesome nick well uh interesting call but a great call i love it i think it all <laughs> makes sense and uh i'm excited um and again for our listeners out there we're we're so thankful uh, that Nick has allowed us to kind of follow him along, um, in this journey, all the, all the good stuff and the bad stuff. Right. And and yeah. maybe not so pretty stuff. And, and, uh, the realizations of how challenging this business can be, but you know, we can pivot, we can make it work if we're passionate and, and that's really what we want to do. So, um, I love it, man. Thank you so much, uh, again. And, uh, I look forward to chatting again soon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Nick. We really
0: hope you enjoyed this episode of the Purvey Podcast. To stay current on future episodes, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. To be featured on the Purvey Podcast, or just to learn more about how we are working to support purveyors of emerging brands, please
1: visit us at purveycpg.com. Thank you.